Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. You know, that song is from a hymn, a hymn written by Charles Wesley. It's number 363 in, in the hymnal that we have in our pew backs. And it's one of my favorite hymns. It's one that we don't sing that often because it's, it's kind of hard to sing. It, 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 there's a lot of movement and everything. But I, I wanted to share one of the verses. This is the... Um, fourth verse because it, it fits with us talking about forgiveness today. But Charles Wesley wrote, long my imprisoned spirits lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eyes diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. My chains fell off, my heart was freed. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That's what forgiveness is about. It's, it's, it's realizing that, that, that we are no longer bound by the chains of our sin. But, but here's the catch. Sometimes we don't think that we are bound in chains. We think other people are. It's easy to point out other people's sins. But when we take a look at ourselves, we go, I'm good. I'm fine. I I don't need to worry about myself. I just need to worry about everybody else. But we're going to hear a little different in our scripture today. Let us pray. Oh God, we are thankful for your love for us and how in the midst of our need, you have come. You have come and you've given us a grand invitation, an invitation to follow you, an invitation to to seek you and to seek your kingdom. An invitation to understand that when you came and you called us, you didn't call us just to be a servant. You called us to be your friend. And today, God, we live into that invitation of your forgiveness. How you make our lives different now than it was before. So, God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Our scripture for today comes from Luke chapter 7, and it's a pretty long one today. It's it's, uh, verse 36 through 50. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to follow along, or you can follow along with the words that will be up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, 
he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something for you. I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she had poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has she, as great her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this that who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here we are. We're, 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 we're rounding out the end of the invitations that we have for Jesus. There, there are more invitations that, that Jesus gives each and every one of us that we can see within Scripture. But, but to me, I thought these four were so important. I wanted to end with forgiveness, especially as we prepare to come to the table later in our service. For forgiveness is something that I think we all want to hold on to, but we don't really understand how important forgiveness is in our lives. We see an example of two different people in our scriptures today, kind of a, a, a contrast of, of, of the amount of forgiveness that is given. And, and Jesus shares a, a great parable talking about how one person is so great and glad that their, that, that, that their debt is forgiven, but the other one is like, yeah, okay, well, thank you for, for, for taking care of this little bit that I owed you. But, but it goes a whole lot deeper than this because it goes to the heart. And it goes to the heart of how we may view forgiveness ourselves. Because sometimes the less obvious reaction is the most egregious. So sometimes when we fail to fully encompass what God's forgiveness is for us and, and we kind of shy away from it, it's like, we're good. You know, we need to worry about other people and pray for them more than we need to pray for us. Then, then we kind of slight 
the forgiveness that God has for each and every one of us. But we have to really take a look at these two different comparisons that, that happen within this, this story of the Gospel of Luke. We, we have two main characters. We have, we have the Pharisee, Simon, who invited Jesus to his house, and we have the woman. Now let's talk about Simon for a little bit. Simon, to me, looking at this passage, he is a very smug individual. We we don't know exactly why he wanted Jesus to come. Some Bible scholar says that, that Simon is one of these people that like to collect famous people. You know, sometimes when you go into a restaurant that, that has a lot of celebrities that come by and you see their, their pictures up uh, by the entryway, that way you can go, oh, wow. You mean to tell me Willie Nelson ate here? You, you, you mean to tell me that Babe Ruth ate here? You mean to tell me, and you have a list of all of these celebrities that, that they are showing. Look how important my restaurant is because of all of these famous people that have walked through these doors. I think that's what Simon was doing. I think Simon was like, you know, this Jesus guy, he's kind of a big deal right now. Wouldn't it make me look great if Jesus came to my house and ate today? People will talk about it all over the place. Did you hear who Simon had over for dinner today? Jesus came and reclined at his table. Wow, Simon must be amazing if Jesus would have come to his house. But see, Simon failed to do some things. There's some traditions that, that happen when you bring a guest over to your house. The first one is the, the kiss of peace. This is something that, that the ancient Jewish culture would do. You know, we, sometimes we, we give a big old bear hug when somebody comes to our house or, or whatever. One of the things that I like to do, especially when our kids come over, and I, and I know that they're on their way, I'll, I'll open up the front door. I'll leave the glass door closed, but, but I'll open up that front door because I don't want my kids knocking on the door or ringing the doorbell. I want them to be able to come in because it's their home too. Even though they may have moved away and they're living somewhere else, I want them to know that they can come into the house and not have to worry about knocking or, or, or digging in their pocket to see if they still have the key that opens up the front door. I want them to know that, that any time that they come to the front door of our house, they can walk right in because it is their place as well. And that's kind of what the Kiss of Peace is about. The, the kiss of peace is a, is a sign of respect saying, you are welcome here. You, th- this, this is your place for now. And, and we welcome you in for you to sit down and to make yourself at home. Simon didn't do that. Simon probably just walked, saw Jesus come to the door and went, okay, go there and have a seat. Glad you're here. The second thing that Simon failed to do, and, and Jesus mentioned later that, that he did not provide water for Jesus' feet. Now, we know later in the Gospel of John, we see how Jesus washed the disciples' feet. But this was a a custom that was done uh, back in Jesus' time because if you looked at a sandal, it, it was just like a flat piece of leather with a couple of strings tied onto it. So, so their feet would get dirty and, and worn out as they would walk all over the place. And, and a sign of love and respect, again, is to say, here's some water to, to cool your feet. 
to, to, to get rid of the dust and the grime that, that you had picked up as you were traveling along the way. It, it was to show a, a sign to be cleansed at a sign of comfort. And the last one is the idea of, of giving incense burning in the house to, to make the house feel fresh or, or to pour a little bit of all adder of rose on the forehead to say, you are treasured, you are valued. All of these things Simon did not do, but he just wanted Jesus to be there to make himself look good. That, that then all things break out. Another custom in the ancient Jewish tradition is that the, ho the doors would stay open and anybody can come in and out of the houses and a woman come and barges in and sees Jesus and falls down at his feet and starts crying and, and covers his feet with tears. And, and then he, she wipes the, the tears away and, and blesses him by, by kissing his feet and then dumping perfume on his feet and, and showing how important and how valuable Jesus was to her. How important it was for him to, to see her and to see her contrite heart as, as she was there in front of the king. Simon, he just wanted Jesus there just to show how important Simon was. The woman wanted to bless the teacher. The woman wanted to, to, to lift Jesus up. And, and while I was reading this passage, I, I wonder if a certain passage from Isaiah came to this woman's mind as, as she was blessing and wiping and, and pouring perfume over Jesus' feet. From Isaiah 52, verse 7, we hear this passage, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger. The feet of the messenger that, that she was blessing and, and washing and, and pouring perfume on. That brings the good news. The good news of peace and salvation. And the news that the God of Israel reigns. Think about that. This picture, as the woman was, was bowed down at Jesus' feet and performing these actions and was saying, look, this is the messenger that is bringing good news to me. And Simon, whether you see it or not, he is bringing good news to you. He is bringing good news so that you see his mighty work in your life you fail to see it. You know, as I said, it's so easy for us to place ourselves in the, in the position of the one who feels like they don't need that much forgiveness, who, who maybe feel like that, that, that you know, I, I, I'm not that bad of a sinner, unlike somebody else. There's no need, reason why I need to be forgiven for, for the little things that I do when I know that somebody else has done far more things like that. But that's not how things work in the kingdom of God. How things work in the kingdom of God is the fully understanding that we are all in need of forgiveness. 
Romans 12, verse 3, reminds us that by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has disturbed, distributed to each one of you. See, see, we have to have sober judgment about what we are. That we see the differences between Simon and the woman. That Simon did not have a sober judgment of who he was. He, he was just there to receive the blessings that others may have given him because Jesus was in his house. But the woman knew that because of who she was, she needed to be at Jesus' feet. She needed to, to, to bathe his feet in her tears and her perfume. Not that she would earn anything, but that she would say, God, you are the one that I lift up today. You are the one who lifts me up out of what I have done. And you bless my life because of who you are. So, so how do we live out this need for forgiveness? Or how do we live in this invitation that Jesus gives us that we are forgiven? The very first thing is that we must have sober judgment of who we are. We, we must fully understand that we are sinners in need of grace. That's why when we celebrate communion, we, we always have the confession of sins at the beginning of our service. It is to remind us why we are here. Before we come to the table, we realize that we are sinners in need of grace. One of the ancient uh, confessions of sins says it this way, for what we have done and for what we have not done. We, we realize that there are things that we have said, there are things, the actions that we have done that, that have hurt other people. But sometimes we fail to remember that even our inactions at times can cause people pain, can cause our separation from God, can cause us a chance to be separated from the love that God has for us. When we take that opportunity to, to think about those actions that, that may have hurt others or they may have separated us from God, then we can open our hearts to receive the forgiveness that God has for us. Another way that we can do that is that we hold on to Scripture. I think holding on to Scripture is one of the most important and powerful things that, that we can do in order to receive God's forgiveness. About three passages that, that come to my mind. The first one is Romans 5.8, because God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. First John 2.2, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And then one that I think a lot of us hold in our hearts is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When we place our life up against scripture, we can fully see that God pours out his forgiveness on us 
whether we think we need a little bit of forgiveness or whether we feel like we need a lot of forgiveness. The whole point is that we must take time to examine ourselves to see where we need forgiveness in our lives. One of my practices is in the morning is as, I, as I'm doing my prayers, I, I always spend five minutes in, in silence where I reflect on the day before. A and during that reflection, things come to my mind and, and sometimes they're, they're, they're good things and sometimes they're bad things. A and whenever I examine those things, I, I, I try to place them on the same scale. You know, the good things I do and the bad things I do, it, it doesn't matter because I lift them all to God. It's just like the woman did. She, she knew that her life was what was not how it should be. But, but she lifted that up to God so that she may be forgiven. And so that God may pour out his grace on her. Just think if Simon would have done that. I'm sure Simon did a lot of great things as, as a Pharisee. Sometimes we don't think that. We, we look at the Pharisees as these horrible and, and mean people. But I'm sure Simon did a lot of good things. But just think if he would have said, what if I held up the good and the bad and realized that they are all underneath the care of Jesus and his love covers everything that I have done. Everything that I've done to give God glory, everything that I've done to, to, to push people away from the glory of God. What would that have looked like if he would have said, I accept your invitation to be forgiven of my sin? That's why we have this table. And that's why every month we come understanding and knowing that we are in need of forgiveness. We are in need to allow the love and grace of Jesus to be poured out on us through the giving of the cup and, and the breaking of the bread. When we come to the table, when, when we say this liturgy, it is a reminder to us of God in action in our lives, giving forgiveness to us so that we may live in that love and grace and share that love and grace with others. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this reminder and the reminder of the woman who, who gave so much while the Pharisees just looked on in wonderment. Help us also to stand in need of your grace. Help us also to realize that it doesn't matter where we may be at this time, but we are also, just as that woman, in need of your forgiveness. A as we partake of this meal, guide us and lead us to live as you have called us to live and be bearers of your grace to the world around us. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.